let's buckle up and get uh-huh. cozy let's here. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back. Oh, we have an, another guest in the the oh, recurring so. guest. Lucas Dunn's back with us, everyone, ladies one and gentlemen. Only. What's up, buddy? It's All great right. to have you back. What's up? Yes, it's great to be uh, back. You might want to put on that hat. August. I was just it's thinking, a little cold in this here. is our uh, this is our Christmas holiday themed yeah. episode. <laughs> which here we are. I just got two random Santa hats and a reindeer uh, Fits headband for, at the Dollar Tree this morning. So Man. here we go. Oh yeah, tis the season. Jingle, tis jangle. the season. All right, to be jolly and to be a little hungover Where's today. My so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay. There, there you go. There we go. Hey. We All go. right. So here we are. Uh, it is a cold Saturday, and uh, we're here to talk some movies, man. So Blake, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, August. That's great. You asked me. I just got get done. Um, just doing some workshop. I just finished up that list. I know you've been building up asking me about for a little while, which is my top 600 yes. films. Well, a little, I know a little ambitious, but it's been scattered all throughout this past year, honestly. And I think mm-hmm. I just kind of came to a final summation and thoughts on. So I just worked on I just published that today. So I did that. Dude, and, that's what's up. Did well, you yeah. like post it on YouTube or something? Or how, yeah. Or, okay. I, I'm building up to doing stuff like that. Okay, I'm just doing gotcha. a lot of film reviews right now. But I think after I conclude all the film reviews I want to do, I'm going to build up to doing nice. other projects like that. Yeah. Like, just always have some momentum going while I'm talking to the air. Oh, that, yeah, that for sure. Come out. I don't know. Just. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, well, I meant to bring it up on the show last episode because we were talking about it. And originally, you said it was going to be like a top 250 or something like yeah. that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a solid list there. I was like, I know you could fill that out. And then you <laughs> came back, you're like 600. I was like, holy. Well, I think shit. I just realized there's like a there's a larger than life itch that, that's living in there, and I think that's what I'm kind of talking about. I think once I kind of just get okay, that's kind of what I'm seeing here. Kind of, I think I, I feel suddenly a lot more relaxed about the whole process. Mm-hmm. I just moving forward as a director, and just. Kind of not feeling so anxious about because I think it's, I think it's like because I'm seeing so much that means I'm just a hyper scatter brain you know a hyper ADHD kind of quality lives in the whole process so I mm. think whenever I can get to express that um, side or get to know that side or sometimes just sit down and just really get to know like what is my taste exactly in a simplified entertainment value like what are my favorite films just look at it purely like that and then it all just clicks together it's almost like literally connecting dots in a lot of ways for oh, me wow. in a yeah lot of ways. yeah like, no I, I can like, see what that. are all these movies doing for me I don't know sometimes right, you know? right. <laughs> sometimes I just look at it clearly it's like oh okay there we go yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, it's kind of like a roadmap of like who you are in a sense, you know, it, through visual aspects. You it's know, literally a visual representation yeah. of a roadmap of a person's state of mind. Yeah, much mm-hmm. as I guess that's my state of mind. That's everybody's state of mind. Right, Lucas. Do you think you could uh, come up with a top six hundred films? It, I think I might want to go for top. 21st. Do it, yeah, yeah. dude. I mean, it, yeah, that's the thing. That's where it all starts. And I mean, doing like a top twenty. Um, I think it's perfect for kind of just like seeing like okay well, these are my favorite films of all time and I, I, I sometimes will just go you know whenever I'm going about my day sometimes that'll just be in the back of my subconscious it's like okay what am I whatever my, you know even with my, my list now it's like yeah my top 20 why are those my top 20 sometimes I just get morbidly randomly curious about it I think I could do a top to 100 I don't think I, I could c- probably do it yeah because yeah. I don't think I think 20 is too short to come up like I have too many like favorite kind of movies that I feel like twenty would eat up really fast, and I don't think I could even do a particular order. Uh, but so like I think I could do a hundred though. I think yeah, I, I got a, a variety enough to fill out a hundred. I feel good about. I would love to read that. That would be so cool. Yeah, I'm gonna start doing something. Original like that. taste. I yeah. mean, that's the thing too. Like original taste. So it's like I feel like just kind of laying it out. Um, in that way, it's just really cool. That's because that's how it was for me. Sometimes I'm looking at a lot of my movies, and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting how much. Just kind of like, kind of knowing, just putting your taste into it um, really makes a difference as far as just how I kind of carry it with me everywhere I go. So it's like all the little things I do everywhere, everywhere I go. It's mm-hmm. like there's something about it that um, just 
gets me thinking about movies literally <laughs> yeah, i'm right curious there. how did you land on 600 in particular i, I think it's just because i've been building up for so long i think when i was around like 15 or 16 i was always asked my top 100 a lot so i think i was brainstorming all the time like growing up like i guess in other words like daydreaming about that was well, instead of like paying attention to class basically for, my, for me mm-hmm. and still to this day i think i just built that and built that and i think that I answered my top 100, and somehow I didn't feel like enough. It's like, man, it's got to be like more and more. So I realized my crazy head just kind of wanted to um, do a top 250 for a long time. And then I think something even bigger went on, and I just like, you know, top 600. Like, I, just, <laughs> I think I just wanted to be explosive with yeah. it, and there we go. Now, yeah, calmer than ever before. Right on. Like, cool. So yeah, I feel like I finally cool. nailed a satisfying one. I got a certain time and place to, to nail it correctly, and I think it took the, the right amount of time and experience and reflection. Well, yeah, because, I mean, being 15 years old, like – since then, you know, you, that's 15 years ago, yeah. essentially. So you're, you're I wanted to beat my so list many more movies came then. out, yeah. more you you dove into more movies, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. So. Speaking of that, I'll never forget while I was making that list. Actually, the movie I remember was popular at the time was Drive. I remember seeing oh, Drive cool. for the first time, and that like re-sparked my love, my rejuvenated, rejuvenated my love for movies in a way that was so intense that yeah. I was like, man, I. I just got to start making my own list, basically. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, I can't wait to see that list because I, I feel like it would give me. A, I'll send it to you. Man. Yeah, I'd like I'll to see. Like, I'd like eventually one day would like to watch all your. Yeah, movies. Man, just well, so cool. I, I can see. Well, I guess that I too, could, it's like, and I guess in a lot of ways, another reason I, I was seeing it, I guess I've gotten this to a point where I feel like I could just comfortably share like a just a, a recommendation list to anyone mm-hmm. who's just looking for one. Totally, just try to share a fair one. I feel like. You know, it's perfect amount of like a lot of like experimental stuff, but then a lot of just like a lot of stuff. I'm just this is just raw entertainment, like Elf, for example. Yeah, like, that's one of my favorites. On yeah, there, and it's on there most definitely. Right on. Um, well, I did watch another one of your uh, movie picks in the stack, oh, and uh, I'm so cute. Finally watched the apartment, <sighs> buddy. What did oh, you think? Oh man, masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And you know what? It's um, I liked it better than some like it hot. I do uh, too. And Jack Lemon is—he's just fantastic. He's I, I'm like a, now I'm a big fan of him. You he's know, he's perfect, and man. It was like it's the a perfect story. Yeah, it was a perfect story. It, it had a great um, balance of like some dark material, but like still in a comical like way. It's and a unique outlook. There's a really like um, a kind of like a wholesome something cozy about it at the end. You know, by the end of it's it, it's uniquely you know? cozy. And, it was, uh, yeah, just I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Is it is pre- one of my favorite tones that a film has ever had. Yeah. It's literally, it is like a darker perspective on lightness, but it's still rosy. It's like a darker, a yeah. dark, rosy perspective on life is kind of what the whole film has. But ultimately, optimism is kind of in the end. But it's Definitely. like, there's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of, just a lot of being walked on going on in the, mm-hmm. the, the, the process. And he just kind of builds himself up and he kind of just figures himself out along the mm-hmm. way, you know, and in the end, he's got it. It was a de- It was definitely a great, like, redeeming tale for himself you know and Dude, and yeah. um but it was just it was just a really nice movie i i i uh i yeah i just i i was enjoying the enjoying that after seeing some like it hot and you know just seeing the different ranges that billy wilder has yeah. i think is really cool you He's know exper- and i'm like and i'm excited to check out those other movies that you know we talked about Dude, before definitely. uh and i was looking up his like bio today i was just like i'm fascinated by the guy He's just you know? He's just a really really good good director He's an original and one of a kind. really the fact that like and so many good like dialogue moments in that movie because he's like know? a perfect screenwriter. It's like he makes moments and evolves moments in a way that are just so humanly realistic, but yet they're just so original in how it's displaying mm-hmm. it's a story. Like it's very slow paced, and just getting to know these characters by way of usually typically quirky situations. In this case, dark quirky situations. Yeah, often enough because it's like just again, it almost feels like it's mean spirited. But like I love how the film just has a unique amount of full sympathy for Jack Lemmon's character yeah. the whole way through. It never once kind of goes against well, Jack when Jack Lemmon's villain through his best and worst. Right. Like, I really love how the film just stays on that the tone the whole Absolutely. way through. Absolutely. Yeah, it was groundbreaking. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it made me. 
Yeah, it was like, damn, that's another great fucking all-time favorite movie. That's a really good movie. You need to check out some Billy Wilder stuff, oh, dude. He's I'm, the man, yeah. yeah I, uh, of like 40s, 50s, early 60s directing, yeah, he's the man. Yeah, I, I can say everything I've watched so far, maybe besides Ace in the Hole, it was, has been like a really, really great watch. I mean, Ace in the Hole was still good to watch, but it was like not as groundbreaking as... Some like a hot, uh, the apartment and Sunset Boulevard, especially. Yeah. Like, oh, it's literally you're like light. Do you say Sunset Boulevard's dark? Some like a hot's light, and then very, the apartment's literally feels like a mix little of bit the two of both. Yeah, it's I literally loved it. a little both. Yeah, yeah, it was really really cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I that's that was my big uh, big movie watch well, of the week that I was well, excited that's about. A big one. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Oh hell yeah! Well, I've been excited to talk about that one with you for a while. So uh-huh. I'm like excited to know that, that it hit you that way. It man. did. That's yeah, awesome. it totally did. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect movie. It had like a Christmas vibe to it. It, also, sure did. it had a Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and the New Year's uh, holiday in it. And I was just like, oh man, what a great timing of to watch this too. You know, <sighs> that's awesome. I'm going to rewatch that very soon. Yeah, very, it's been a long time actually. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it was really really cool. Um, I definitely loved it. And then. The other big movie of the week uh, was Godzilla minus mm-hmm. one. Dude. We fin- tell I, me about I finally it. watched you it. You saw it too, Lucas. Lucas, it's such a good it movie. Really it's a great is. movie. Oh, like so. What baffles me the most about it? It was made on a budget of fifteen million dollars, which is the same budget as Hot Fuzz, mm. and it has better CGI than ninety percent of movies I've seen. It's man. really, really crazy how good it looks. Like it's, it looks beautiful. It's. Like he said, the CGI is killer. Um, and the it's just, characters are amazing. Characters are great. The plot is insane. It makes you just, you know, it's Ooh. you're really invested in it, for but sure. It, especially in the first half of the movie, it does feel like a lot more of a horror movie than mm. any other. God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably the cats hey, upstairs. Steve, a horror. <laughs> yeah, horror, a horror movie. movie. <laughs> a horror movie, indeed. Oh, shit. You're keeping that in there. Hell yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow, that was raw. But yeah, original. <laughs> Are you, now, I was uh, I, I was telling Lucas, uh, I didn't know if you were like a okay. huge Godzilla fan in general. I'm, I haven't really seen any of it. I saw the version in 1908 with Matthew Broderick. I did not like that version, but I never saw the originals, which I heard are really great. Yeah, so oh, I, that's I, the worst possible one. To I watch. know, I did. See, I saw the worst one. Yeah, I literally haven't had my fair introduction to Godzilla whatsoever. So Yeah, the. I need to see this. This sounds like, is it, would this be ideal for a first-timer? Actually, yes. So most mm, of the cool. Toho Godzilla movies are a sequel to the original. Mm. But ever since Shin Godzilla, they've kind of just been doing one-offs in their own little universes. So this is kind of like the Joker to uh, version of Godzilla. Cool. Mm-hmm. Dude, this sounds great. It's I'm really dark. It's really like... It's extremely well-directed. Oh, yeah. It's by far world, the darkest Godzilla. Yeah. World-building, good, like, urban atmosphere. Living yeah, it's it. like a war movie, too, essentially. Cool. So it feels like a war movie, you I know, and it's like... That's it's exciting. Super intense. I think you would personally like... It would be a good intro for you, I think, I would to, love to, to dive that. into. I want to see it. I will say, I'm a, I am a fan of that 90s Godzilla, though. I, the, with okay, Matthew Roderick. I was very Oh, yeah, dude. It's so funny. It's just like... a lot of fish. It's like a a cheesy look on the whole, you know, Godzilla uh, and the characters in that. Was that, that a Roland but... Emmerich movie? I think oh, that's I right. I think so. If I remember correctly. That explains a lot. I'm not a fan of him. Yeah, he did like Volcano. I didn't care for that. Did you see Volcano with no. Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, that came out around the same time frame, the year before. Uh, he like, he made like a lot of disasters. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Independence Day is the one movie of his I actually like. Mm-hmm. Man. Independence Day is all right for me. I, I, mean, agree. I didn't love it personally. It's, like, it's, it's a great movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, but it is an extremely well directed one. Like yeah. well made, most definitely. But definitely, I think the dialogue. I was a little sensitive to the dialogue of it at times. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense for Godzilla now. So <laughs> I've heard this one new one cleans it up though. Oh yeah, really, like a lot of the, uh, that is. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I thought I watched one more this week uh, that I wanted to talk to you about, but if not, then. 
I will dive into yours as well if you got anything yeah, yeah. that was interesting. Oh, I watched The Exorcist Believer. Oh, well, how the was new that? Exorcist movie. How was it? Dude, trash. It was trash. It yeah. was like I feel really bad even saying it like that because I see I feel like I see a little bit what they're trying to do and I do like I think visually it like it looks good, you know, like I, I mean, mean, that's the thing with David Gordon Green presentation-wise, they're great. Yeah, visually it looks good. I like the I like the actors, you know, for the most part. Yeah, he hasn't um, landed a hit in a while. I mean, Pineapple Express, I feel like, was his last big movie. No. Was it not? Halloween 2018 was actually pretty damn He good. did the whole Halloween, the new Halloween trilogy, um, which... In George Washington, which I love. After the, after the first one, yeah, it fell off. It yeah, did, it pretty much derailed right after the first one. So I was hoping for a banger for this first entry of the new trilogy they're trying to do with The Exorcist, but, like, it takes forever to, for anything to start happening, mm-hmm. and then, like... When it happens, it just feels like they rushed it to, to finish it out. It's just, it's nothing about it was like appealing to me really at all. Like, I was pretty bored throughout the whole thing. So, yeah. which is a shame. But uh, there's yeah. really only two Exorcist movies worth watching. I still need to see the third the one. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I want to see the third one. I've heard that one's yeah. pretty classic. It's pretty good. One. Yeah. Well, I love the Were first you going to say one and three? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen the third one. The third one. one is the apology for number two. Right, yeah. yeah so I haven't seen any bad. of uh, the second or third one, but I heard "Don't waste your time on two. Just go. Do through. not yeah. waste your yeah. time. On two. I like a lot of possession films. I haven't seen a lot of great recent possession films. I think that's a, that's a genre that's very difficult to recapture. The way a lot of films like The Exorcist were doing mm-hmm. it, which was like very psychological horror, but a lot of it got, f- can fall heavily into just like a lot of like all style, uh, heavily stylized slasher type. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. There's two that have come to mind recently uh, like the first Conjuring movie is along that same that's line that's a good movie and then it's not a movie but The Haunting of Hill House has a lot of elements like that yeah. too that's a good yeah I mean that's really that's really well the best, done best, I think those are some of the best of the, of the, that have come out for yeah. that yeah. I was going to mention one I've seen recently that I was blown away by this on a rewatch. I watched the movie Burn After Reading by the Coen Brothers. Have you guys seen that one? I've always wanted to see I it. I love that Dude, movie. I, loved it. I, I was blown away on this viewing. And I, I used to kind of consider that a flawed masterpiece. But now I'm like, okay, that's actually just a masterpiece. Oh, yeah? so I feel like it's meant to portray a very crooked. That's how the Coen Brothers are. They're more to portray very crooked scenarios and very screwball, heavily screwball characters in a real life scenario. I used to think it was too cartoonish, but now it just kind of feels re- humanly realistic in a lot of ways. The, the way that it just portrays madness in a certain mm-hmm. kind of way. I don't know. I think that rocking chair scene is a masterpiece. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> when they come back to it later. What year did that <laughs> come out? It was like early 2000s, yeah, right? Yeah, 2008. Mid- oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I saw it in like, theaters when it came out. I didn't like it when I was growing up. I didn't really know the, who the Coen brothers were yet. Yeah. So I, I thought it was just another comedy, but then All literally. All throughout the 2000s, they were going hit after hit. I mean, No Country for Old Men, too. <laughs> Oh, that's dude. one of my favorites. Ooh, that's one of the best ever, dude. Oh. And the best troll question I could possibly. Have that got me pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I will say that. That was. Uh, I was like, "There's nothing playing." <laughs> but, yeah, but it's hilarious all the way throughout. It's never serious. It's another one like like we talked about Billy Water. It's never serious for a second. Like it's always goofy in what it's yeah. displaying madness. All right, cool. Yeah, I have to check that one out. Yeah, it's I, worth it. I uh, I was always curious about that movie, but yeah, never. I think it's worth checking out. It's like it's. It's got a lot of great, like, like I said, it's like one, Brad Pitt's, I think, the best part. He's like the show stealer, basically, the whole way through. He's yeah. so funny. Yeah, and then George Clooney's very eccentric. Like, it's like all the characters are just always a little on edge, kind of, in a certain kind mm-hmm. of way. And they're just always acting very eccentric in their own kind of ways. And it's just a really great character study of that. And Francis McDormand's really quirky in it, too. Like, they're very offbeat. Like, they're just like gym coaches, her and Brad Pitt are. And they're just, they're really goofy in it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like they get, like, all this stuff from the CIA. And they're, it's like, they're just like, what, what the hell do we do with all this? It just goes madness from there, basically. Yeah, that sounds fun. All it's right. great. John right Malkovich, on. intense. Yeah, cool. <laughs> He's awesome. I'll have to add that to the list. I recommend that Oops. one. Um, let's see, rewatched. Um, 
also saw a new uh, Richard Linklater movie, Last Flag Flying, recently, which I quite enjoyed a lot. I never heard of that one. Yeah, I, I hadn't really heard much about it. That came out after Everybody Wants Some, so this is in 2017. Basically, it's just a, a great buddy flick. It's just about like, three guys, uh, veterans of a, a war at one point, they just kind of reunite about 20 years later, and it's just kind of like this, the, a weekend of them just on a road trip, hmm. basically, just hanging out, literally. <laughs> it sounds low. like his style, just kind of yeah. like a, a, buddy, Very much. a buddy movie, you know? Very much. It just, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was just I thought it was just great fun the whole way through. Right on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm a fan of Richard Linklater. I am so. too, man. Richard Linklater is the best. Yeah. yeah I love him. Um, all right. Do you have any recent watches before we dive into your holiday-themed game? I have one. Okay. Um, I saw Where the Crawdads Sing for the first time. How was that? I haven't heard of that. Uh, it was... I actually really enjoyed it. It's a mystery, uh, just slow burn movie based in the North Carolina swamps. Okay. So pretty much it's just boiled down swamp essence, which I, I really like that. Yeah. Makes me want a house in the bayou. <laughs> I can oddly see that review. <laughs> oh, no, one. just put me on a porch in the yeah. middle of the swamp. I'll be perfectly happy. Right on. <laughs> um, what year did that come out? Was that new? I think 2021. Oh, okay. Hmm. I thought it was pretty good. It's yeah. on Netflix. Okay. All right. I'll take a look at it. Um, all right. Tell us about your game, dude. All right. So we have 12 minutes on that. So this is a different type of game this time where you two are going to be working together. Yeah. All right. So this time I actually have a reward if you two get three out of the five questions correct. Okay. So what you're going to be doing is I'm going to present five different multiple choice questions, and you two are going to discuss what you think the right answer is. Obviously, you've taken a test before. So it's along the same lines, except this time they are Christmas-themed, and a few of them are a bit out there. Okay. All right, I like it. Cool. Sounds good. I'm I think down. We, uh, I think we got this. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll be good. It'll be just fine. So I'm going to start out simple, and it's going to get crazier as okay. it goes along. So, for the first question, which one of these actors did not play a version of Ebenezer Scrooge in any of the Christmas Carol adaptations? A. Will Ferrell B. Christopher Lee C. Tim Curry or D. David Tennant Ask Will Ferrell Um, Who didn't play Scrooge? Who did not play Scrooge? I've never heard of a Will Ferrell I haven't heard of will ferrell either i'm intimidated to answer because i mean that really could be worth bouncing around that's an outlier there um chris Lee. uh who was the other two i could see him tim curry and david Tennant. tim curry was very selective about his roles too so that's possible also i would i could see him doing it though yeah like he would have done it i would think will ferrell that would be my initial choice but i'm i'm gonna go will ferrell too all right you're locking that in uh yeah, I will. Yeah, let's lock it in. Incorrect. It is Christopher Lee. Oh, so Will Ferrell. Damn, actually, that was my third choice because I was going to say Tim Curry. Also, yeah. I was like, yeah. So Will Ferrell is the most recent one who played Ebenezer Scrooge in the 2022 musical comedy uh, Spirited with Ryan Reynolds. I thought he played the uh, ghost of Christmas Present because I just watched that. He took over for Christmas Present once he retired. Okay, because I didn't watch the ending. So there we go. <laughs> I watched the first half of it and fell asleep. So I thought it was okay movie. It was kind of boring with the musical. It gets better as it goes. Okay, along. cool. I like the plot of it, but I didn't like the musical aspects of it. It definitely front loads it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, damn it, I should have fucking guessed. All right, yeah, it's all right. All right, so Christopher Lee, though, because I was like, David Tennant, I felt like he definitely played a Scrooge there, so. He actually plays uh, Scrooge McDuck in the new DuckTales show. Oh, man, that's a deep dive. That's cool. All right. All right, good question. Good question. 
All right. This acclaimed actor from Breaking Bad had a small role in the 1985 Christmas horror comedy Gremlins playing a police officer. Dean Norris? No, I should have locked that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hear the options. Let's hear the options. Okay, option A, Giancarlo Esposito. B, Jonathan Banks. C, Robert Forster. Or D, Brian Cranston. Wow. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> in Gremlins, he played a... Played a small bit role as a cop. Okay. Um... Fuck, I've only seen Gremlin like twice. Like, trying to think. Um, hmm. Can we go over those uh, options one more time? Okay. Option A, Giancarlo Esposito, who plays um, Gus Fring. Mm-hmm. B, Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike. C, Robert Forster, who plays the vacuum cleaner salesman disappearer guy. Or D, Brian Cranston, who is Walter White. Oh, yeah. I would lean on... Um, the guy who played Gus, if I had to guess, maybe. Or maybe Mike. I really, Yeah, it's a shot in the dark. I really don't know, but yeah. I, I could go for, I would say Mike or Gus. I would say, I'm going to I would say Gus, but you might, would bet the better. I, I think my, my guess is Gus, too. Yeah, I will lock that in. Yeah. It's Jonathan Banks. Damn it. Uh, Damn it. Damn. Damn. That's. Uh okay yeah that's another good question shit uh yeah those are all deep dives I'm like yeah. trying to yeah I'm like I don't know <laughs> okay which one of these movies is not actually a Christmas movie okay A Ghostbusters two B Rambo First Blood C Prometheus or D Steel Magnolias sure Rambo First Blood Prometheus is my close second choice, but I'm but my first instinct is for Rainbow First Blood. I don't recall any Christmas, any Christmas about it. Fun fact: I've never seen Rainbow First Blood. It's oh, so great. Good. I know. I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. I just never do. It's a great <laughs> action. It's the look. best one. Yeah. Um, and what was the first one you said? The first one I said was Ghostbusters. 2. Oh yeah, I've never seen Ghostbusters two either. I've seen the first one. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident that's Christmas. Yeah. Um, I guess. If you're thinking Rambo First Blood, I'm thinking that. Yeah, but my uh, my close instinct was the third option you said. Prometheus. I, I Prometheus. I feel but like I there's think a... I'm going to say number two because I do feel like there. I could see there being a lot of Christian influence to Prometheus, so I'm going to sooner say the second. All right, let's let's go for Rambo First Blood. The answer is D. Steel Magnolias. Oh wow! <laughs> because Steel Magnolias actually has I never, a bunch I've never of different seen holidays that. in it, so oh. it's not just a Christmas movie. Yeah, I've never Damn, seen that. I've never seen Steel Magnolias either. Okay, well we can't win the prize now, so nope. <laughs> well go ahead and give us the two other questions. All right, which one of these Christmas movies plots would be literally impossible to happen today? Okay. A. Jingle All the Way. B. Home Alone Two. C. Christmas Vacation. Or D. A Christmas Story. I would think Home Alone 2. That's kind of what I was thinking. Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. Yeah, for yep. sure. Because after 9-11, the uh, airport restrictions put in place would make That's it literally impossible exactly. for a kid to get on Because they the really plane. just stormed through that airport and, and go right on the plane. She's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, With a bunch of batteries. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, that was... All right, you're going one for four. All right. Well, glad we got one at least. If you get this last one right, you can still have the prize. Yay, prize. Okay. <laughs> This actor got their start when they played on one of the little aliens in the 1964 B-movie Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Jeez. A. Pamela Franklin. B. Kurt Russell. C. Pia Zadoria. 
or D, Aaron Murphy? Wow, I don't know. I'm I don't know. Any... Russell, just because I know him this yeah. name the best, but I really don't uh, know. 64. I don't know the other two actors. Um, fuck. Yeah, I recognize the first one you said, but not the other leader, too. Can... All right, well, what are you, you're going to say Kurt Russell? Yeah, Let's Kurt just Russell. go Kurt Russell. And no. Yeah, it is C. Piazzadoria. Well, who was it? Piazzadora. Piaz. Okay, that was okay. But since it's Christmas, you guys still get the prize. Hey, look at that! Merry Christmas! Hey, look at that! It's a birthday hat. Rice Street Pop, love it. Go. Cool. Thanks, man. Hey, appreciate you, buddy. All right, that's gonna be my late night snack tonight. Thank you. Hell yeah, dude. We didn't get anything for you. Sorry. <laughs> you got me a camera. Got you the camera. Got you the reindeer hat. There you go. Mm, perfect. Uh, okay. Well, that was. Thank you for always bringing games and trivia. That's a. That was a good. That was. That was hard questions. There was very hard questions. Yeah, we got one right. Yeah. Yeah, we got one right. There we go. This thing's mm. tightening on my head right now. I'm not in the. I don't know about. I mean, this Christmas has been odd because uh, normally I'm like in a huge Christmas spirit, but like I just haven't really been in the Christmas spirit this year. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, every time I nod, the bells yeah. go off on this thing, <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Um, it was a little ghostly this year. Yeah, it's like a, it was a feeling that I used to get a lot out of this. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah it's not as alive anymore. Yeah, yeah, the magic's a little out of the air right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm normally going pretty hard on Christmas movies, but I haven't really watched too many. I'm just kind of not as interested in it you know like there's been a few i've been watching we talked about scrooge you didn't really care for that yeah have you seen mixed nuts no i haven't seen that. that's a now i feel like you would that sounds like a porno it (laughs) yeah it's not a porno it's a lot it's a really quirky movie it's really Mm -hmm. fun it's steve uh steve martin in it and it's just like kind of like it's him and this girl who are uh they call or they're like a if someone's like about to kill themselves they have a hotline so they talk them out of it and stuff like that but it's just a cast of characters, like a bunch of like seven different characters, and they're all like really goofy, goofy and uh, quirky, and they're all kind of doing this their own thing, and they get trapped or they get like stuck in this apartment, and something really kind of dark happens, and they have to figure out something what to do with it. Uh, and but Adam Sandler, like a young Adam Sandler's oh, in it, oh, dude. Great, yeah, great. it's it's I love a, Adam Sandler. Yeah, he he comes out with his ukulele, he's playing, oh, you know, he's man. he's really quirky in it. It's just a nice. fun quirky, but it's a Christmas movie too, and it's like it's a uh, about, mixed like, nuts. Yeah, I think in ninety four, ninety four already. Yeah, but that's a that's a good one. I've added that to my rotation every Dude, year. Adam Sandler um, comedies of the nineties. Yeah, yeah something he, that really hold up great for me. Like, yeah, uh, it really does feel like a like a Adam Sandler movie. But he's even though he's not like one of the main characters, he's he's definitely in it for yeah, a while. Though movie. he's good. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. added to my list. It was not on my list. Yeah, for prior yeah, right now. I, I didn't know he was in that. I just yeah. always saw Steve Martin on that. Yeah, poster, yeah, he's but, in it. Yeah, cool. Have either of you guys seen Airheads? I never saw that, but never I always heard it. I always had the soundtrack of it to it growing up. <laughs> it's a really fun Adam Sandler movie because it has like never. Steve Buscemi and uh, Brendan Fraser as oh, the other two guys oh, in the group, and oh, it's just a really fun, dumb movie. Yeah. Airheads. Yeah, I always thought I always, I've always heard at, about that. I always looked at the cover and I was like, I'm not interested in watching. <laughs> it looks ridiculous, but like yeah. sometimes, like I mean, like, I can I see it being I think it's one of his better fun. comedies. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Steve Buscemi's hilarious. Dude. Yeah. He's one of the oh, best great. actors. <laughs> I didn't know the casting on it either, though. I'd be honest. Yeah. You know, so. Um. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to add that. I'll have to check that one out. Um. And then what's, what's another? Are, are you a fan of the Christmas Vacation National Lampoons? 
Christmas Vacation? Um, Christmas Vacation, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do quite enjoy that one. That's my, easily my favorite of the series. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't really seen the other ones to be honest. But yeah. I like the Christmas Vacation. Yeah, one. I saw the Vegas Vacation. I didn't like that one too much. The first, the European Vacation was all right, but yeah, the Christmas Vacation was. I thought half of it had the most um, hilarious moments in it. Yeah. Same with like it reminded me a lot of like how Home Alone is, which is I think that one still holds up quite well. For it you, does. You guys like yeah. You yeah. guys like yeah because I like the second one a lot too. Though. Dude, me too. The mm-hmm. first one and two are really good. Yeah, because two is just kind of taking the same scenario out into the city literally. Mm-hmm. And, and then they really had Tim Curry to do it. That. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes yeah, it better. He's really great. Jim and Rob Schneider's in that too. As yeah, a, yeah as that's right. Butler. Yeah. Or, yeah. He's, <laughs> that's he's right. Funny. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, all that TV scenario. Oh yeah. That you're pranking people. Oh man, no, it's great. I love both. Yeah, both of those movies are great. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I'm looking. I always save "It's a Wonderful Life" for Christmas Eve. So I'm same that's, here. That's my. I think that's building up. Yeah, I always wait for that Christmas Eve. I'm just like last year. I saw it in theaters, and it was like really, really special to see it in theaters. I thought that was nice. I so, bet it was. Yeah, I got very emotional. I get really emotional watching that movie. It, yeah. it makes you that way. No, it just organically takes you right through just. Um, literally, like this, yeah, this wonderful man who's just literally you're catching him on an awful day, and then he can't see literally because when you feel a certain low, you can't see the impact that mm-hmm. a lot of people ble- see in you. Basically, you don't see it in yourself. You feel low, yeah, a lot of times. So that movie is the best to like, well, act, like just imagine a real life fantasy of just like an angel comes around and just takes you through what, what, what the world would be like if you didn't yeah. come around. And then, yeah, thank God, man, that yeah. is sort of the message. For, Such a beautiful concept, beautiful, yeah. beautiful message in a beautiful movie. Absolutely, yeah, it's timeless. Yeah, I agree with you. you know, I have a lot of memories growing up in that and just kind of like literally feeling Christmas joy when I couldn't feel it when I watched that movie. Yeah. And this year it's different. <laughs> I think that movie still is always going to hold up way past Christmas and just always be happy. It's joy, yeah. you know, in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. But oh. taking it through the real darkness. Heater. I was just I had the heater down here because it's so cold. I yeah. I'm gonna turn it off. Uh, it's like, yeah, but it's like it, it doesn't it doesn't shy away from like dark themes and, it, and it's made in 1946, which is interesting because you know at the time it came out it was actually polarizing because some people thought it was too rosy. Uh, oh really? That interesting. That is interesting. It, yeah. It's actually hold uh, on. I think a lot of it became more of the worldwide classic it is now around the 70s. I think people were always requesting it, wanting to see it, and then they were just realized it's like well that is just. A perfect film that doesn't shy away from darkness, and it, it's it, it warrants it, no film was warranted a rosy outlook more because the director just got out of World War II, so it's like that's where like, he was coming oh, from shit. when he made that. Literally, just yeah. Lucas, I'm asking you a favor. Can you take my spot for just a second? This is a wacky episode, I know, huh? You got to pee, don't you? Oh uh, yes, yes, actually, yes. So, all right, I'll be right back, guys. I'll figure we could um, figure out some movies to talk about here. Oh, so. So, how been you been, Blake? I'm great, Lucas. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Haven't seen you in two seconds. <laughs> it's been forever, buddy. Oh, oh yeah, So, what's been your favorite movie of this year so far? Is, is it? Oh, that's a really hard question. I still year. think that it's Oppenheimer. I love Oppenheimer. Fo- followed very that's closely by Killers of the Flower Moon. Right. Then, I'll just I'm, give I'm, you my top five. My, my, go for it, dude. So, yeah, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon. Barbie's number three. I gotta see that still. It's really fun. And then probably Godzilla. And then uh, last one, shit. Probably Spider-Verse. There we go. Cool, man. I need to see that, dude. I feel like I've seen the first uh, first one. I love the first one, but it was definitely like an intense sensory experience. I need to like take that in again. (laughs) I know it's it's magnificent. God, it was overwhelming on the screen with this one. I bet. Because I went and saw it in IMAX when it was here, and it was just one of the most impressively just visceral experiences i've had in a theater mm, that's cool man that's the, that's those are the best right there i love 
Uh, a lot of those films were like that. I think Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon both. I, I think I'm literally just reverse. Killers is number one. Oppenheimer a close second. But I'll say Oppenheimer. I saw that and I. I was kind of just, I think that blew me away so much. I needed a few days to process. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> Hardy heart. <laughs> it works too. But like, dude, that movie, it, it literally haunted me after I saw it. Yeah. It's disturbing. God, especially after, uh, right up until the scene in the school towards the end, it was almost an adventure film in a way. Yeah. But after that, it just started getting more and more real in a way it gets more emotionally intense as it goes and it, and it unfolds in its own organic way to get there like i mean because you've just been like yeah over two hours with all these characters in these intense scenarios and then here you go you just you kind of get that part of it all <laughs> it's a perfect cohesive whole like god it's even the bomb testing i thought it was going to be oh, man those are my favorite parts like honestly, I thought it was going to be bigger, but I was really glad that they held back the way they did. It, the intimacy of it was perfect because it's kind of showing like almost the. I felt a lot of the impersonal um, kind of conversations that happened in the process of that, and how much it's just like there's a fascination and kind of a wonder about creating this, even if it is ultimately just a terrifying invention. It's still fascinating to see it all unfold, and I think the film just takes you through the challenge of just becoming completely fascinated by this process and. Like the music in particular, oh, like uh, can you hear the music? Well, the main title track, it perfectly captures both the uh, intense anxiety produced when you were going and creating things like this, and the perfect wonder in the beginning of it, because yeah. you really can't stop, even though you know it is capable of destroying not only you but everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah, basically. No, it's great how it, how it unfolds all that. It basically just unfolds this as just this, yeah, this ultimate horrible, horrifying thing that's to come. And, I mean, the way that it just details all the characters as, it, as they're in the situation is genuinely just really well done. Like, I feel like Christopher Nolan is tailor-made for the biopic genre after watching that. I feel like he, he like that film literally just uh, honed in on, I think, what the capabilities of that is in a way that's very rare. Like, most directors aren't, aren't that in, uniquely entertaining with, with the biopic genre. But Oppenheimer is 100% fascinating from start to finish. Like, I love the directorial choice of when it was uh, more of a personal view of his life, too. That was when everything was in color. And whenever you went to the stark reality of different situations, like the interviews towards the end and the uh, court scenes, that is the stark reality of everything going on in that scene. So everything that's actually documented, it is perfectly black and white for you to see there i love that that's wonderful detail you know and it really just puts you in the right in the time frame of the time period which that's an interesting point to point out uh, mentioning oppenheimer killers of flyer moon best films of the year are set in the, both both films set in the earlier sides of the 20th century i think that's really interesting that a lot of the greatest films of our modern times are looking back at that time period and looking at you know how 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 it can relate to now in a lot of ways and like i think that time period is just really interesting because it is, it is shockingly similar and extremely different Seriously. to the way the world works right now like just it's like a different planet but at the same time there is a lot of like relatable qualities that are very subconscious and those films just really lay that out like Oppenheimer particularly just had that I mean killers both of them they just really laid that out this just kind of like instinctual just understanding of like wow I feel like I I, I could realistically just you, you could realistically see people be behaving like these guys like in, in, in like modern kind of scenarios basically and like coming out of um Oppenheimer. I only had like one grievance with the movie, and it was just kind of weird where they uh, brought up the "I am become death, destroyer of worlds." <laughs> I honestly don't even remember that. What is that? Uh, mid coitus. Uh, 
Wow, that's a different. I need, I need to see that again. I've only seen it two times, honestly. There's like a lot more details I need to unravel about Oppenheimer. But I'll tell you, when I first saw it, I didn't even uh, instantly love it. I actually had to question that movie a little bit because I think it was actually just so different from anything else. Um, and then it took me about a two days to realize, oh, that was a masterpiece. I started, I started like walking, walking my life, day to day life, and I started to relate more and more. Is like, I'm just, I'm still thinking about it. You know, I think it builds a facet. A lot of movies where I don't know how to feel about it, or I feel brain twisted. I just, I need a few days sometimes to just sit back and really ponder what it is before I have a feeling of how much I loved it. And like, yeah, it did like keep growing on me the next few days after, and I loved it coming out of the theater. But it's, yeah. again, the ending was haunting and more it's disturbing it's very disturbing well it's just, yeah again it's just it's a lot of uh intensity for this thing and i mean yeah it's it's a it's a disturbing portrait in more ways than one very disturbing kind of thriller which again i feel like christopher Nolan, because you know when he was growing up he was because i feel like dunkirk was his passion project he wanted to make that one since he was a kid but i feel like in a sense he kind of built the uh guts to kind of make something like oppenheimer which is very ambitious like the more i think about it that is quite an epic depiction in a lot of ways um, so those killers in a flower moon, those are really epic, extraordinarily epic uh, depictions in their own ways. Man, I still can't get over just how much I wanted to punch Robert De Niro's character. Seriously, dude, he's such an asshole. Oh, he's the worst kind of asshole in that. Like, maybe, arguably, I was thinking about how many assholes he's played throughout his career. That might actually be the most despicable one he's played, in a sense. It's the most overtly evil. He's, a ver- he's just a manipulative ass. Yeah, no, he's really a cruel and harsh person. Um, character the entire way through and i mean dicaprio turns out very rotten he's like a little bit but i mean yeah but it's like but he but he pulls de niro in de niro is the ultimate worst enemy of that movie though jeez <laughs> and like whenever uh leonardo's character started giving into his uncle's like um spoilers by the way whenever he started giving into his uncle's pressures I felt really bad for him just it because was he's damn to, to sign the papers. <laughs> God, he's dumb as a bag of hammers, but he's kind of likable in the beginning. He's got a charisma about him. Yeah, no, that's the thing about it that's like haunting. It's like yeah, he's he's he is charismatic. Like then it's like, but oh, he becomes rotten because you see who his surroundings are. You see who he's around. You know and that, and and I think that's like what a lot of that film is. It's like you can often become the character of who you're surrounding yourself with, who you're influenced by, you know, in a lot of ways. And that was just one where it went to a completely rotten places. Like, I mean, he really acts like a rotten asshole to people, you know, and the whole way through. And then again, he gets what's coming, you know, too. And it's also just a perfect mystery thriller and just depicting all, the whole thing just slowly unfold. And like the ending wherever he's uh, getting confronted by his wife and she's asking, what did you put in the medicine? That was just heartbreaking. Oh, still I lied. know, right? <laughs> Oh, well, August is back, so yeah, I'm got, not going to keep spoiling the we're movie. We're talking about Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. Just the, the best Flower films of the 2023 thus far. Yes. Robbie Wills lock in that way. I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. Yeah, dude, recommended strongly. I'm, oh, holy moly. Let me go ahead and apologize to both of you and the... the no worries. Uh, we heard your floor flooding shits up there. Don't worry. No, it wasn't that. It was I threw my fucking guts up, dude. I just oh no. I told you I did. I'm, I was I'm hung over today. I oh. feel actually a lot better now. I threw up, but holy hell, man, that sucks. Man, <sighs> yeah. So that's a uh, history in the making there. Just leaving a show in the middle of it and just <laughs> throw it. Wow, up. man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, I knew it was coming all day. I was like, I was waiting for it, and I thought earlier, um, I thought it would, I, I was like, ah, oh, maybe it's settled down, but then it just it was creeping. I was like. Oh no! Oh god! I was fidgeting, <laughs> dude. I was fidgeting. I was like, "This is not happening right now." <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Anyways, so what's your top five movies of the year, August? Oh, damn, that's a tough question. Um, 
I don't know, man. Well, I, it's like, I guess let me let me look at my letterbox a little bit. So if I, <laughs> I, 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 I let's see, twenty. Okay, it's twenty twenty three. Evil Dead Rise. I'd say that came out this year, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd say that was my in my top five. Godzilla. Um, minus one, and then I'm trying to think what else other movies I saw. Um, I don't know. Did you guys give your top five already? Uh, I gave mine. Yeah, I'll give mine. Yeah, let me pull up. I, I, I got my top three slid at five, but let me just um, get a few more in there for a top five. Yeah, mine was uh, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Godzilla, Barbie, and Spider Verse. Oh, yeah. See, I know I missed a lot of bangers. I haven't seen Spider-Verse yet. You know, it's on Netflix, bro. Oh, I got mine. No, I, keep, yeah. I keep forgetting. Or I keep uh, meaning to watch it. Number one, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, number two is Oppenheimer. Number three, Past Lives. Number four, John Wick. Or Sorry, number four is Bo is Afraid. And number five is John Wick 4. John Wick 4 came out this year? Uh, that was quite great, yeah. Oh, shit. I, I saw, saw that on my that. flight back from San Diego yeah. earlier this year. Yeah, that was early this year. Yeah, I, that was a great one. I thought it was a great action movie. Dude, it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, the perfect ending. Seriously. I hope they end it there. But. It's everything that... Yeah, honestly, that was a perfect conclusion, I thought. I thought it was definitely the best of the series. I remember Keanu Reeves always saying he'll make as many as the fans want. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but... He, what, what was your number four? Uh, but I was afraid. That's a, oh, yeah, an offbeat. Did you see Ari that? Aster? Yeah. I... I wanted to go see it at it's Central Cinema, but they took it off after like two days. That was a good mind bender. Yeah, no, man, that stinks, man. Dang. I don't know why they would. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is uniquely a mind bending, and it's different than anything else he's done, really. I feel like it's epic. I, I, it, it's, I keep forgetting it was a three hour film because it doesn't feel like it's that long, but it's layered. I mean, there was just a lot going on. Kind of a mind twist, but very but, interesting the whole way through and entertaining. Because Ari Aster is one of my favorite uh, modern horror directors. Just He's right up there with Mike Flanagan for me because Midsommar oh, and man, uh, you'll Hereditary. Be a tree. It's kind of as epic. Like though, uh, You might prefer those two still, but this one's kind of his most epic depiction in a lot of ways. So you might enjoy that. I like Hereditary a little bit more That's than Midsommar. My just That's because my favorite one. Uh, just more straight up horror. I agree. I, I like. I, I really love Hereditary. I'm personally not a crazy about Midsommar, but I know. I know it's a great film though, and it's actually really directed. It's but probably the most disturbing it. movie I've seen in theaters. Yeah, it, it is it's very, very disturbing. disturbing. Me and John went to go see that together, oh, and we man. walked yeah. out of the theater, stood in the parking lot in silence for like two minutes, and go. You want to go get a beer? Yeah. <laughs> that's how we talked about the oh movie. Oh, my god! Imagine watching that movie on shrooms. Oh, God. Dude, well, it takes you through a lot. I think that's what's so fucking disturbing about it is, like, it looks really, really nice, and it looks like a happy place, you know, with all those vibrant colors and everything, and then it's like all this really fucked up shit's happening. Underneath and it's like, the surface Yeah, there. and it's just like a really crazy uh, atmosphere you know it's like but I'm the same way though Hereditary is where I, I stand as far as the, his movies go I definitely like, dig I, Hereditary yeah. it's a lot like I uh, that's a fun rewatch for me dude I love know? Hereditary uh, I think Midsommar is a better directed film but I think that Hereditary is definitely the better like I think Sharkton's story just just very tightly paced and just perfectly um, suspenseful the entire way through all the characters are great in that and I, I, I love that home aesthetic it was very very original yeah totally um, Tony I do need crazy. to rewatch Midsommar though just because just to see how I take it again. Def, no, def, the, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I want to see the director's cut of it, too. It's like, I don't know if that makes a difference of it. I mean, like, how much of it Probably, but I think it's like 20 more minutes, if I remember correctly. There's only one director's cut that I've seen besides, like, The Lord of the Rings that I really, really loved was um, the Doctor Sleep director's cut. I, I need to see oh, that I one, seen too. That. How was that? You have to pirate it to see it, but uh, it... It adds about 30 minutes to the movie, but it is honestly even better paced somehow. Cool. It just adds like so much to the little character moments that I didn't know I needed after watching the theatrical. 
Like Ewan McGregor was phenomenal in it, and it's Mike Flanagan, so it's got yeah killer directing with great visual budget effects. That's some of the best visual effects I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Probably it's that was in that. One. Was that superhero? What? Doctor oh, Sleep. Thinking... Doctor. God, I'm an, I always mix up with Doctor. <laughs> even better. God, I'm Doctor Strange. I always mix those up mentally. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. God. Doctor Sleep. <laughs> did you uh, see Doctor Sleep? I did. I liked that. Yeah, Sleep. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, one. I liked yeah. it. Um, I was trying to. Yeah. Um, I like Doctor Strange too. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I, <laughs> yeah, I like Doctor Sleep a little better. So that's better. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, for that Scott Derrickson. He did uh, the director of Doctor Strange. He also did Sinister. Yeah. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah, for that's a good one. Oh yeah. I like how they brought Sam Raimi in for the second one. I did too. Like I thought the directing was the best part of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell all of Sammy sh- or Raimi's shots. You know, it's like, oh, this is like Spider Man. Yeah. Again. It's like, and then he had some Evil Dead love in there. You know, like it, it's. Um, and you got to have Bruce Campbell. In absolutely. Sam movie. Yeah. Like, that's it's it's a um, yeah it's a really cool like it definitely feels like a wacky film you know and that with with his uh, style of directing to it I thought it was cool so. Um, Definitely no, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, no, I thought that was just—I was very surprised. Like, I just didn't expect a movie like that to come around. Honestly, that was like an epic display. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd rather have that sort of thing come around than honestly most of the stuff Marvel's putting out right now. Yeah, me just, too. At least that one had a really profound sense of style. Yeah, but I still feel like he could have gone more with it. Yeah, because it did still feel like it was shackled by the fact that it was an MCU factory line production movie. Right. Yeah. I do agree with that. I mean, I, I, I like how he he did kind of go pretty dark in it, you know, at yeah. some times, you know, and, and, and I did like that fact. But you could tell, yeah, this is still an MCU movie. But, but yeah, it's cool they gave him a chance to come in there and what really get weird with it. What really killed me about that movie is that I saw it a week after I saw everything everywhere all at once. Oh, great. So I, I, still I saw a much better version of the multiverse. Yeah, that is that is odd timing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of funny how so many multiverse things were coming around in that one, like, half of a year. Like, Spider-Man 4, I mean, Spider-Man 3, and uh, all of those at once. It's just, that was the height of it, and now it's getting kind of old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do agree. Um, what, are the, what are some other big movies that came out this year? I really, I'm blanking on any top five not really choices. a big movie but Renfield came out and it was kind of fun oh uh, yeah I haven't seen that one either <laughs> yeah I haven't I really didn't watch a lot of movies this first half of the year really Scream like, 6 Scream 6 I liked it was alright um, it was fun I, I don't know a lot of people give Scream the Scream franchise is going through hell right now but the fans are so divided on like what the new the movies are and I think 5 and 6 are actually pretty good entries I like 5 and 6 yeah I, don't, um, I mean 5 is pretty much just a remake of the first one but with legacy characters like i thought it was good yeah five is fun and, like and six was pretty good but i really like four four is like four is so underrated dude it is that's why i say i always say uh four is like my second favorite because um it's just underrated it's fucking brutal and it's it's really good yeah so my favorite part about scream six is the visual difference that has than the uh, other five movies because the other five they first shot them on uh anamorphic lenses but they went for round lenses this time for scream six to give it that more handheld gorilla style oh uh, yeah that's cool yeah, to yeah kind of that makes sense New York more. when did that one come out again uh, i think january this year didn't yeah it? january, january right february on. yeah i've only seen the first one i mean i love i really oh, like dang. the first one yeah i haven't seen any of the sequels two is good three i think is the weakest in my it, opinion it it's you know it's, it's all right it's really dumb in parts 
People like that movie a lot, though. So, I mean, again, the fans are so divided on the on the franchise. But three is the weakest for me. But four is a banger, and then five and six are fun. Yeah. I think I think that's kind of how I would put it. But they're worth watching. And then seven you know? is looking to be a shit show. From seven's everything. either looking like it's not going to happen, or it's going to be totally. They have to change everything with Which, it. I feel bad for the director Christopher Landis because he did the Happy Death Day movies and Freaky. Oh, yeah. and those were really fun. Those are fun. And mm-hmm. he like wrote a lot of the paranormal activity movies like he's a good writer director but jesus christ they are really trying to kill that movie yeah yeah it's a shame um um i watched uh one more uh kind of like a it's kind of like a time travel movie but totally killer did you see that it's on amazon Prime. i've heard of that was that good yeah it's actually really fun nice. but it's like a, it's a slasher movie but it's like she's in the past to stop the slasher from you know doing it like killing her mom and stuff like that and i haven't seen it but that kind of sounds like the synopsis for last night in soho i didn't see that one either it's uh i think edgar wright's last movie that- uh, yeah i heard good things about that one too so yeah i don't know i'll have to come back to the top five at some point because i i really can't think of any other big any other movies that like kind of like I, I didn't watch a lot of movies this first half of the year and kind of halfway through i'm just now kind of last few months i've been like really catching up and watching yeah, a lot there's of things, still a lot more know? i need to catch up on this year there's like way there's definitely way more out there I've, i know i'm gonna see if i can um i think i think i saw you can rent kills at flowers moon now so yeah you like, can yeah i think i just saw that too yeah big one i want to see yeah i want to see an example of holdovers you guys heard about that one? oh dude I'm, i keep hearing I'm really curious. good things about that yeah. too i, I want to see that yeah, Paul Giamatti. I really like that director, Alexander Payne. Yeah, my favorite movies he did were Sideways and um, Nebraska. Did you guys see any of his stuff? They're like good humanist dramas. Remind me kind of like Richard Linklater. Like it's just kind of cozy hangout kind of spirit. But yeah, it's like cross country road trip. They both are very cross country road trip heavy. So yeah, very really very good stuff. <clears throat> okay. Um. All right. Well, I'm hurting a little bit, guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and try to wrap this up here in a minute. So, is there any other uh, things you guys want to talk about as far as uh, any other movies you want to plug or anything? Uh, if you want some swamp essence, just go and watch that. Uh, Where the crawdads sing. Yeah. Um. And Blake, I'm gonna keep attacking your stack, dude. Great just man. Keep cool, working man. on yeah, it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. I was really happy with the apartment. Dude, there. I'm that so was, thrilled that about that, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's a, your a perfect uh, movie. Right here to give back to you, Dead Man and the Apartment. Oh, right on, buddy. Um, but well, I can't wait to hear more. Let's go, and I'll give you yeah more too. I'll give you more movies. Than this. Yeah, no, I, I have to look through the stack to see which one I want to watch next, and I and uh, I don't really have anything else on my radar immediately to watch. So what's up? Uh, Wolf. Yeah, well, let's plug Wolf, man. Yeah, because we're actually gonna go to the screening today at four here at Central Cinema. Our our good buddy uh, Jedi Bishop, he's uh, premiering his new movie Wolf, and uh, super exciting. Uh, what did you help? You, you, I know you did a lot of the foley, uh, the sound effects. And yeah, stuff. I was on the sound team, and then I also helped a little bit with the editing. Awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. You know, I'll go blind. You know what the best possible uh, way to get the sound of crunching snow under your feet is? Uh, what's that? Chopped up lettuce under leaves. It nice. works phenomenally. Nice. Yeah, I can see that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I always like seeing like behind the scenes of how people make sound effects and stuff. I, some, you know, it's like some of the most creative ways to <laughs> do it. Like I got a scar on my nose from working on this movie, so I'll keep that for I a while. I saw that clip that you, uh, yeah, or you showed it to me, I think, yeah. Yeah, I got scope bit by my rifle. <laughs> that was pretty intense. Yeah, that was <laughs> but yeah either way i can't wait to see it yeah i'm looking forward to it um so congratulations jedi for uh or for making another movie man so 
Um, all right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, I think that was a perfect analogy to say I'm not in the Christmas spirit and then vomit my guts out like halfway through the fucking episode. Santa said no. <laughs> yeah, Santa, I'm definitely getting a lump of coal this year. So, um, Okay, well, with that said, we will catch everyone next time. Thanks. Oh, I got my camera right here. <laughs> catch everyone Thanks. next time. Until uh, next time. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.